This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's talk about the impact of artificial intelligence on our society. It has revolutionized all aspects of it, right? Businesses, education, science, you name it. But what about politics. What would happen if the future of political decision-making were in the hands of, well, artificial intelligence, machines, rather than humans? Our producer, Bianca Rego, explored these implications with Jeff Hancock. Jeff is the Harry and Norman Chandler Professor of Communication at Stanford University and the founding director of the Stanford Social Media Lab. They were trying to find out what a brave, new, artificially intelligent world could look like. Have a listen. So first of all, can you tell me how exactly does this type of artificial intelligence work? Well, the main uh, value for it is it can take in a lot of information. And so even for a, a country the size of Romania, on social media, you're getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of posts a day. And so, you know, most humans can't uh, read that much. But an AI system that's designed to uh, take in a lot of that can actually ingest it all in a day and then summarize it to, you know, give you a sense of what's going on. It's not clear how well it works, though. Yeah, I was going to ask. So how is it able to sift through the influx of information it acquires? Like, is it programmed to pick and choose? Does it tell the president what he wants to hear? Or does it just simply provide suggestions based on the information it takes in? Yeah, it's not clear exactly what model they're they're running. But what it'll do is try to find themes or categories of content that's being produced on it and then summarize that for the, you know, operator, whoever is using it. What type of themes would it be looking right. for? Well, I think it'd be similar to the kinds of themes that you see on Google or on Twitter, which are like, these are things that are trending right now. And so that's my understanding of where they're at, is they're going to be looking at things that are, these are being talked about a lot right now. So you could imagine for a political thing, it could be, hey, there's a lot of discussion about these floods, say, if they're having some kind of a flood event. Where it gets a little bit more sensitive and tricky is if it's like, hey, there's a bunch of people talking about our party or about the other party. And then it's like, is that being used for the politician or for the government? Is it ethical for politicians to adopt this, like, Big Brother-esque type of online surveillance? Yeah, it definitely has that feeling of surveillance and definitely some creep factor here. But at the same time, I think governments and, and certainly politicians and their political parties are using social media analytics all the time to try and understand, you know, what messages are resonating, uh, what their constituents are, are raising and talking about. So, you know, I think they're already doing this. They just haven't been using AI to do that. So that's the one difference is instead of just using those tools to see what's going on, they're allowing AI to do the summarizing and synthesizing for them. And so that's the one part that does remain ethically questionable. That's actually a really good point that you raise. So we all know that our phones probably listen to us. Um, and there's a bunch of conspiracy <laughs> theories about whether or not uh, right. people are surveying our Google history to see whether or not we pose a threat. So 
with that in mind, how does this differ? Yeah, I think right now, my understanding for most political campaigns is that they're using data from social media to understand um, their, you know, their constituents and potential voters. But what's happening is a human is looking at that data and making judgments about it. Here, with an AI advisor, it seems like the humans are being cut out of the loop. And the AI is, you know, using the same kinds of data, looking at social media, and then making recommendations to the minister. And so that's the part that seems fundamentally different. And that's the one where not super comfortable just because we don't really know what's going on there. Now, that said, you know, these systems over the last two months have blown us all away by what they can do. But they're often, you know, inaccurate and sometimes make stuff up. On that note, based on the fact that it basically operates solely on data, there's no intrinsic bias that humans inherently have. So would you say that by eliminating the human aspect of this surveillance, would it actually make it a little more ethical? Yeah, uh, it would be lovely if that was the case. It, I mean, that would be the ideal. But unfortunately, the, the human bias gets baked in for the data that it's looking at. And so these systems are not only, you know, looking at human data, so there's bias in there, they're also trained on it. So to build these kinds of AI, they have to ingest billions and trillions of human-written words, often from Wikipedia or other internet-based sites. And so the, the bias is sort of already baked in. That's wild, especially since Wikipedia is clearly not a reliable source. Um, as we know, anyone <laughs> can edit it. So what would happen if this became a new political practice? How would this impact how countries are run? Yeah, I think if we set aside the ethical questions for a bit and just said, okay, well, let's just assume that we could figure out an ethical way to do this. The answer, unfortunately, is it, it only will work if it's effective. So I think people will judge these tools based on how good they are. So if they can get uh, data and information from them that allow them either to be really responsive as a government to their constituents, or if it's more of a political campaign to get more votes, then those systems will be used. And if that's right, then the people with the best system are going to be the most likely to be elected and have the best government. And who's going to have the best system? Well, that'll be the people with the most money because you'll be buying these things. So one worry is it will lead to more uh, inequities. The rich get richer by having better AI, so to speak. How will that impact the way that we communicate, especially with the leaders that yeah. we entrust with how our countries are governed by eliminating the human connection. Uh, it's really hard to predict the future with AI. It's changing so fast, advancing so fast. But let me give you a couple of possible models for, for an outcome. One is it's a tool. The politicians and the government use it just like the many other information tools they have. And hopefully they do it in a way that is ethical and, and improves lives of their constituents and voters. Another one is that it just completely revolutionizes the way that politicians and the government can understand their population and then also produce communication directed specifically at people. So if once you have AI, you dedicate it to very specific people tailored for them so that it's as persuasive as possible. There's a third one, which is the way we understand work is just totally wrong right now or for the future. And AI will be the interface between, say, 
politicians and constituents with very little, you know, human communication. So it's just really difficult to think of the future. I am a little bit nervous about what can happen because it's just much more difficult than usual to see the future. Could AI replace politicians? We're already seeing really interesting things. There's a guy on Twitter that partnered with ChatGPT and start a company. I'm going to give it $100 and I'll be its human interface with the world. So I'll just do whatever it tells me to do. He started that about five days ago and he already has over $25,000 in a company started by this system. And he's sort of like calling it his boss. Could we see that in politics as well? You know, what happens to how much we believe in democracy and politicians? So there's just lots of risks here. You know, part of me is excited to see these tools being used in the real world, but another part of me is like, hey, should we slow down and maybe test some of these things first? But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about how this affects trust in people. Yeah, that's what I always wonder too. Shouldn't we test some of this stuff first before we do it? That is Jeff Hancock, the Harry and Norman Chandler Professor of Communication at Stanford University, founding director of the Stanford Social Media Lab.